Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And today, boy, have we got some treats for you. I'm, um, I'm just really excited because I love, I love this topic. Yeah. It's like a dream of mine to start one of these. <laughs> to start one? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, alarming. Cults are like... For the people, not for the people who are in the cult, but for the people who are at the head of the cult. Oh, so you want to take? Cults are awesome. You want to take advantage of people? Yes, is what you're yes. Saying. <laughs> they give you all their money, and like, it's great. Yeah, I don't see a problem. With so, it. so in case you haven't figured it out, uh, listening to us today's episode, we are talking about cults. Cults, cults. cults uh, cults, cults. I I do think last week we talked about having to qualify it because. Even though they're from history, as in not around anymore. Yeah. Mine uh, that I did end up doing is very recent. Uh, when when did yours operate? Well, it basically like its heyday basically stopped in the 1920s. Um, okay. Technically speaking, they're kind of still around. Okay. But I haven't seen a lot of instances of them. But they're not around in the sense that they were back in the day. Okay. So we're we're being a little uh, we're we're kind of blurring the line with history today, mostly with mine. Yeah, because mine not even thirty is, years ago is lame. <laughs> oh, ouch! Burn. Ouch! Payback for your voice from last week. Ouch. Um, so uh, I do I do enjoy the uh, the beverage you are providing today. Uh, we're doing cults. So Sasha has been kind enough to provide us a beer called The Reverend. Uh, it's a Belgian-style quadruple ale made by Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. So if you don't know anything about beer, Belgians, Belgian quad, basically quads and triples, just think of booze. That is what they are. They are yeah. very boozy. This is a 10% ABV beer. That's That's very high for beer. Uh-huh. It's delightful, though. I do love a quad and a triple. I like it. Yeah, it is. I it's like d- it. It's pretty delightful. I do like the the tagline too. Not just for Sundays. And it <laughs> the 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 Reverend in the the art on the front. He's standing in front of a window, so it looks like he has a mohawk, but he also just looks pissed off. And I yeah. really appreciate the picture. So, uh, anyway, so. Uh, the Reverend, uh, created by God, feared by Satan, <laughs> loved by all. Reverend Luther Tucker, the Reverend, is a divinely complex and beautifully layered creation with hints of dark cherries, currants, and molasses, complemented by an underlying spiciness and a sinfully smooth 10% alcohol by volume. Uh, yeah, brewed with Rocky Mountain water, barley, imported Belgian specialty malted, malted barley, uh, dark Belgian candy sugar, uh, hops, and Belgian yeast. I think it tastes delightful. I, mean, I And it's I good to too. know he has a first name. It's Luther. Luther, so. <laughs> Luther Tucker is the reverend, apparently, that created this. But I love that. Created by God, feared by <laughs> Satan, loved by all, except Satan. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're a Satanist, do you love this beer? Well, Satanists aren't Satan, so I think they oh, would fall under okay. the all category. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That would be my assumption, though. I don't know. I'm oh, not a Satanist. fun fact. Did you hear Satanists are suing Netflix? Yeah, because of Sabrina the Teenage yeah. Witch. Uh, which I was like, everything about that sentence makes me feel all right about the world. I, I feel like Satanists shouldn't care. They're Satanists. Yeah. If anybody can, can be cool, it's Satanists. Did Netflix try saying like, "Hey, dudes, just be cool"? I, I hope so, <laughs> but I also haven't watched like. It's good. Is it? I like it. Did they say anything like? Well, yeah, they're mm, Satanists. Well, I mean, <laughs> but did they like say anything like patently libelous about them? Like, no, I mean, like they're, they just wanted Sabrina to sign her name in the book of the devil. Awesome. Yeah. I like. I like. Totes the metal. Metal as fuck. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should talk about cults. A little bit. Uh, Sasha's only slightly hinting. Um, but just to mess with her enthusiasm, I'm, I'm going to go first. No, I'll be too <laughs> drunk by the time it gets to me. Okay, let's it's do this. It's not that heavy of a beer. All right. So 
uh, cults. Uh, I'm going to talk the... The, the story of this cult is pretty much mostly the story of its founder. Um, I feel like yours will be that, too. Um, yes and no, it's complicated. My cult's complicated. Ooh, fancy. Uh-huh. My cult's Facebook status, me, me, me. Um, were you just making out with your microphone? Hey, I own it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me nervous about talking into mine. I never um, touch yours. It's got your cooties on it. <laughs> anyway, so 1962. We're going back to the far away time of 1962. Uh, and this guy's name should be the only hint you need. Okay. His first name is Adolfo, um, <laughs> which... That's all you really is need. It, is it Hitler and he thought he would be like <laughs> pretend to be Brazilian if he added an no, O at the no, end? No, no. So in 1962, uh, Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo uh, is born in Miami. Uh, Welcome to Miami. I don't know the Spanish part of that song. Boom. Bienvenido a Miami. That's it. Yeah. Oh, oh it's it like out. Will Smith is in the room with <laughs> yeah, us. I pulled that out in the clutch. Anyway, so he was uh, he was relatively normal for a bit growing up. Uh, he was a Catholic altar boy as a child, which I I would like to unofficially uh, posit my cult today as my second entry in the unknown Catholic atrocities topic, <laughs> <laughs> just because yeah. Um, but this is where he uh, where he start started to kind of go off the rails as a teenager. His family went to Haiti. Why? Because they had family there. So they went oh, to okay. Haiti, and he learned about voodoo. Hell yeah. Right, as as you do. Uh, so as a teen, and th- the sentence, it made me more happier than, I, than it should have, that I got to write this sentence out and have it not be like fantasy literature. As a teenager, Adolfo apprenticed to a local sorcerer. <laughs> in Haiti or in Miami? In uh, Miami. Okay, so he went back or, to Miami and found himself a sorcerer. I got it. I got it mixed up now, because I know they were in Haiti. They they stayed there for family. I think they went to Cuba for a while, but uh. they also went to Mexico. And so, wherever they Somewhere were living, he, he apprenticed had. to a local sorcerer. Anyway, uh, as a teenager, he began to practice uh, the religion of Palo Mayombe. Uh, I honestly feel like you could be making this up and I'll be no, like, uh-huh, no, yeah, that no. sounds great. <laughs> Every time I look at you while yeah. we're talking, I'm just going to be like, you believe me, right? <laughs> right? Right? You believe me? Right? I also have a timeshare to sell you. <laughs> so Palo Mayombe is one of those, it's almost the stereotype cult. Uh, the The central ritual of Palo Mayombe is animal sacrifice. I mean, everybody loves a good animal sacrifice. Hey, Duncan, so, what's uh, up? Now, this is where he kind of like very slightly curves back to normal despite being an animal murderer now and learning voodoo uh he also graduated high school and then went to prep school <laughs> and like like okay like i feel like you're you have very conflicting life goals here Adolfo. imagine explaining to your high school teacher that you didn't get your homework done because you were too up all night at an animal sacrifice why did your dog eat it no i no, killed my dog killed and ripped his heart dog. out of his chest it was just such a late night. The high priest said I had to clean up the blood trough. Right? God, fucking dick. Uh-huh. Kill him next. Um, no, so he ended up getting kicked out of prep school. I couldn't find out why, though. I'm going to go with animal sacrifices. I, yeah, I hope he's just, like, nailing birds <laughs> yeah. to walls and shit. But anyway, so at 18 years old, he was like, fuck this shit. I'm moving to Mexico. So he moves to Mexico City. Uh, and he basically took Miss Cleo... And cranked that shit up to 11. He started a business <laughs> offering to bless people's you know, ventures and uh. give them good luck. The whole thing was based around the rituals and spells of Palo Mayombe. He made a shit ton of money. Good. I would have by sacrificing animals and no, telling people. No, not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah, That's not a, good. He made a shit ton of money by sacrificing animals and then just telling people that it was going to be cool. And when I mean animals, I mean animals. He did the basic shit. Chickens, goats, snakes. Dude sacrificed zebras, 
dude ritualistically killed lions. Where are you? Where is he getting these? <laughs> I don't like fucking know. his sacrifice. Like his accountant must be pissed. He's like, okay, I get the chickens, I get the goats, but did we just spend six thousand dollars on a lion? <laughs> did you just you imported a zebra? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Um, I thought this animal was extinct. So this is a weird sacrifice question. Yes. But like, so say we sacrifice a chicken. Okay. Am I allowed to eat the chicken? Or is it not, am I not allowed hmm. to eat the chicken I just killed? I mean, it depends. Are you, are you like a, are you, are you like a sustainable sacrificer? I mean, <laughs> no, I'm a mad cow sacrificer. So I want to kill a cow and feed it to another cow. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that that's no. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, could could I eat a chicken if I killed the chicken? I would hope so. But that's someone that that's not it. I don't know. Because I feel like if you, but I feel like it's also ruining the ritual. Because then you're just butchering a chicken to eat it. Exactly. Like that, like that could be the thing. I will say my copy of the Palomayombe tome didn't arrive through interlibrary <laughs> loan yet, so I can't verify. I don't know if there's a Palomayombe tome. Uh, so anyway. He My was, cult has a tome. Anyway, he, continue. He was he was famous for his theatricality. Um, a lot of people went to this guy with the specific purpose of like watching these epic sacrifices and him killing all these amazing exotic animals. But I, I why 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 why. Why would you want to see somebody murder a zebra? Is my like question. Because my company needs that merger to go right, Sasha. Also, how did he like get in and kill the lion? Was it like a I I I kind of It's want, a lion. I kind of want to find out, right? Probably he probably cheated and like tranked it. So anyway, his clients uh okay. Uh yeah, we'll put it to you in quiz form. You have a business sacrificing okay. animals, okay, many of yeah. them exotic in Mexico. I do. How did you know? Who do you think some of the clientele you would be attracting? Uh, fancy businessmen and telenovela stars. <laughs> Wrong on both counts. He's, he very soon attracted the business of drug cartel leaders and hitmen oh, okay. and corrupt politicians. <laughs> So only the most outstanding citizens of Mexico City. Pretty much, yeah. All right, good to um, know. At this point, he started to get kind of locally famous. Uh, the media dubbed the this cult, because by now it had exploded into a cult, Los Narcos Satanicos, a.k.a. So. the Narco-Satanists, <laughs> which I checked on the band status. There's already a Danish metal band named the Narco-Satanists. Those Dane, <laughs> like, those... Uh, they waste no time. Yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately you can't do that. Um, but yeah, so the narco-Satanists, because now he's a cult working with the cartels, uh, he became pretty much, like, they basically had him on retainer they because they had the money to get him whatever animal he wanted to sacrifice. I mean, that seems like a great setup for him. Well, but also, like, I never see, no offense, drug dealers. I know we have a big audience of drug <laughs> dealers. I don't want to go into business with you, and here's why. You tend to kill people who are in business with you. <laughs> right. Knowing that that's a risk. <laughs> Constanzo said, hey, my magic, my, my spells, Paulo Mayombe, is responsible for your fucker's success. I demand a full partnership in the operation of your cartels. And then did they say, you know what? <laughs> Sacrificing animals has gotten us this far. Let's sacrifice a human being you and then just... They they promptly said no. Yeah, I would too. Seven family members of the cartel leaders promptly disappeared. Ooh. <laughs> uh, they were found a little while later. No fingers, no toes, no ears, no brains, and no spines. Spine out. That seems really hard. <laughs> as brutally and you as know, you want to in my head and in your head, you're just picturing melon balling the brain out. <laughs> oh like, yeah, just oh, yeah. like bloop. playing playing catch with it. Yeah, and grabbing just, a mitt, go outside like, and having a catch. Yeah, yeah. So they all disappeared. Uh, the cartels were like, "Holy fuck, did that just happen?" Because then he immediately partnered with a completely different cartel. They were like, "We're not Ooh. fucking with this guy." So they, they they made him a full partner. And anyone that wanted to kill him, he would just kidnap them and then kill the rivals in ritualistic sacrifice. For like 
in my opinion, these drug cartels are shit. <laughs> because there's no way this little asshole should be able to like... Well, keep in mind, remember, at this time it was a cult. He had followers. How many? No one, a lot. No one took him seriously. Okay. So then, then, and then they also, he went after family members, not the actual cult members or cartel members themselves. I guess. So, I just, I don't trust these cartels anymore right? now. And then he was immediately partnered up with another cartel. My theory is that he went to them and was like, hey, I could do all this for you. And they were like, fuck, we, fuck yeah. But that you have m- to do this for me. Exactly. Um, so they made him full partners. Whenever they couldn't get a rival to kill in a ritualistic sacrifice, he would just kidnap random people. Because, yeah. What a dick. Right? This, believe it or not, is what led to his downfall. In March of 1989, by the way, this dude is 26 years old. <laughs> this, this shit is all going Wow, well, I feel like a, a loser now. <laughs> right? What was I doing at 26? <laughs> so, March of 1989, he kidnapped a United States student named. Mark Kilroy. That name sounds hella familiar to me. Kilroy was here? No. I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, Kilroy was a medical student in the U.S. Mm. He was in Mexico on spring break. Well, duh. He was apparently somehow specifically targeted by Constanzo because he wanted a, quote, superior brain for a ritual. Um, <laughs> what medical school did he go to? Because we'll be the judge of whether his I, brain is superior. I or not. did not look that up, but it's fucking medical school. I mean, there's medical school and then there's medical school. He was from the U.S., so it's not like <laughs> medical school in the Philippines. That's <laughs> so the police interrogated various cult and cartel members. Uh, eventually, they get some tips. Hey, he lives on this ranch in the desert where he kills a bunch of things for people. They raid Constanzo's <laughs> ranch. They find 15 dead bodies, including Kilroy. Uh, in Constanzo's cauldron, among other things, was a dead black cat and a human brain. The superior brain he evidently needed, right? Uh, Constanzo fled the raid. He went to Mexico City, uh, was hiding in an apartment. The building was actually approached by... I... Know this story now. Yeah. 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 I was stunned when you didn't. Yeah. So. Thank you, Investigation Discovery. (laughs) So uh, he went and fled uh, to an apartment in Mexico City. The police uh, apparently surrounded the building for a completely unrelated incident. But he was like, oh, shit, they found me and started shooting at them. Uh, They kind of closed in. Hence the murder-suicide. He had escaped with four of his followers wasn't one of like his girlfriend or some shit. Not his girlfriend. She was um his nickname was the Godfather. And she was like the, the godmother. Th- she was the godmother. She yeah. was the second in command. Um they they so the two guys her, the godmother and one other person killed Constanzo and the other two members, but they couldn't kill themselves before the po- the police got in and arrested them before they could kill themselves. You think I feel like if you're my leader, you're going to kill me first. Like, why aren't you killing me? Why do I have to kill you? Right. Well, but well, then there's also like the servitude part. Exactly. Where, like, he gave know. the dude the gun and was like, "Kill me and then yourselves." And they were like, "Yes, master." And like, <laughs> like, like hey, why don't we just kill him and then we'll and surrender it, and say it was all his idea? Right. So he brainwashed us. Yeah. That's what you do, right? Yeah. That's what you so do. Anyway. Like, that's what I would do. Right. And have done. Exactly. But <laughs> Wait, what? Um, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so uh, in the end of it, 14 cult members were arrested for various charges, mostly murder and drugs, yeah, as yeah, you can imagine. Yeah, 15 bodies. Um, the, uh, the, those of the members who are still in prison, I think they were sentenced to 60 years, so they're about halfway through that sentence. Mm-hmm. If they by any chance survive their sentence and get out of prison... They will be immediately extradited to the U.S. where the U.S. is waiting to charge them for Kilroy's death. Sweet <laughs> USA. USA. Take that, you <laughs> fucking cults. We'll throw your ass in prison forever. So, yeah, so that that's that's my, my group, the, the narco-Satanists head by a dude named Adolf. You know what's weird about that, though? Who's nicknamed The Godfather. If we extradite them to the U.S., that's literally bra- bad hombres coming into the United States. <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> 
Hey, man. Just saying. Yeah. Some bad hombres. Hey. <laughs> We're getting too political here for some people. <laughs> Nobody, really. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it my cult's turn? Yes, it's your cult's Woo! turn. Okay. You can now be as ecstatic as you like. Uh, uh, all right. So for the next hour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason I'm excited about this cult, because I really didn't know which cult to do. I knew I wanted to do an older one. And the only reason I'm excited, because I did a search for cults, and like you got one of those like thrill list lists, you know. Yeah. I that came, say like. I came across, before I committed to doing this one, I I came across four or five of those. And it's literally the same nine cults yeah, with over one and over outlier. Again. And I also feel like Charles Manson's cult wasn't really that much of a cult. It was just a bunch of hippies. Like It was a bunch of hippies that killed somebody. Yeah. Like, come on. And anyway, so I was doing this useless Google search of historical cults. And I came across somebody's like blog article or post. And like, look at these baseball playing cultists. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so then I, I did a search. At our local library. Did they drink Kool-Aid on their uh, on their water break? I don't think they did. Fuckers. So I looked in our local library and I found this lovely book. It's called King of the Harem Heaven. Um, the amazing story of a daring charlatan who ran a virgin love cult in America. Ooh la la. By Anthony Sterling. And this is such a dramatization of this, <laughs> but I'm going with it. Oh, no. The, the, the you people out there don't understand. She proudly showed me the cover of this book one day, and it looks like the artwork on it looks like those cheap paperback dime yeah. novels of like the Pulp Fiction, like overly sensationalized everything. She went to the kitchen. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and it gets this book gets a little steamy. Um, a little bit too much description of sex. But uh, the, the word harem is in the title. Yeah, That's on you for yeah. not expecting that. Well, it was the 1960s. I thought it'd be more like chillaxed. Wait. But it wasn't. I thought you said they were over by the 20s. Yeah, the book was published in the 1960s. Oh, oh, I see. I see. So first, to really understand this cult in uh, the 1920s or what it became, we'll talk a little bit about the founding of this cult. So it's going to get hella confusing for a couple of reasons. They refer to themselves as Israelites. <laughs> oh. So they are not, in fact, Jewish. Israel, we would like to apologize in, in advance. Or believe in the Jewish faith at all. They also are waiting for the, the come of the millennium. And to them, that's basically the rapture. But these are the yeah. terms they refer to in, in this did, story. Out of curiosity, did they choose the name Israel because it has a certain biblical meaning? Uh, yeah, they did because they were going to be the new chosen people. So ah. they they were they were the Israelites. Okay. So in night in eighteen fourteen, uh, not eighteen fourteen. Sorry, that wasn't right. <laughs> so there was this thrilling behind the scenes. Look. <laughs> yeah, no, because I read I read so many notes and then it's all bullshit. Okay. So the Israelites started in 1792 when a charwoman, I don't know what a charwoman is, named Johanna Southcott, had a trance and woke from it, insisting that she was a prophet, the first prophet of seven divine messengers that will be sent to earth. The seventh messenger would basically bring the coming of the revolution, not the revolution, the rapture. The rapture. Yes. A charwoman is a woman em employed to clean houses or offices. So this maid basically was like, guess what? I'm a prophet. She probably got high on chemicals, and that's where the <laughs> trance came from. So basically what it boils down to is the seven prophets were sent as a last-ditch effort to save the world from Satan. Okay. Um, when the seven prophet, when he or she shows up, then fuck this shit. You're all screwed. It's the millennium. And those who follow the seventh prophet and all the previous prophets will, in fact, be saved from the rapture and everybody else will basically die. Wow. Um, so she got about um, so she said she needed like one hundred and forty four thousand followers in order to, like, help save the world. But she only got like one hundred thousand, which is still pretty good. I mean, yeah, beggars yeah. can't be choosers. And at this but point, that's pretty solid. At this point, it's not like a hardcore, like culty cult yeah, like it's just like an offshoot of christianity basically sure so in 1814 at 65 joanna claimed she was pregnant with a child who would be the second prophet 
Okay. Um, she oh, actually. So the prophets were all descendants. Yeah, well, they I were see. supposed to be. She, she got I fat see. like she was pregnant. Um, okay, the wow. cult actually was so thrilled by this. They built a solid gold crib. Because. <laughs> I have that much gold laying around, yeah, don't you? Why not? Um, but instead of having a baby, uh, she was 65, so she fucking died because <laughs> it was 1814. Let's be real. Yeah. Fa- wait, so, so wait, did she successfully give birth? No, she never had a child. I see. She okay. just got fat. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Scared me. No, she she never had a kid. There was that story of a woman in Hungary a couple years ago who was 66 and gave mm. birth to twins. Yeah. And it's no, like, thank you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> So she, after her, there was the second messenger, Rick Brothers, the third messenger, George Turner, the fourth messenger, William Shaw. And of course, over the course of all these messengers popping up and saying there's messengers, there were a bunch of splits within the Israelites. Um, But that doesn't really matter. In 1850, John War declared himself the fifth messenger. And this is when stuff started getting like a little sticky. Ooh. Um, Do tell. I will tell you what, because... One, this is when, so, the Israelites in America, in this when they were known in America, were known for um, big-ass beards, not shaving, not, like, cutting their hair, long, glorious locks. Okay. Like, that is what they were known for. And so, he, John War was the one who started this. Um, and then he also... Believed in female circumcision, but Ooh. hold up, hold up. It's Wait. not the female circumcision you're talking, you're thinking of. He considered female circumcision being him letting, being able to bang virgins. Like he had to sleep with them first so in order to cleanse them. In his mind, <laughs> circumcision was just losing your virginity. To him. To him, specifically. To him, to specifically to him, yes. Oh, what a fucking douche. Yeah, right? Uh, so, of course, there was pretty much a split because of this. And this was the big split of the group, making two different groups. The South Cadets, who believed in Joanna's word, and the people who were the Horites. Warites. Horites. I like Horites. <laughs> who uh, <laughs> who believed in John War. Uh, so the Warites got kicked out of England because he was doing underaged girls. Yeah. 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 And he moved to the colonies. And, he and w- this was what year again? This was 1850s. So if you get kicked out of a country for doing underage girls in the 1850s. Yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty bad. That's not OK. But this still isn't our major player in my cult thing. Holy shit. Yeah, there's more. Uh, so. Wow. Uh, war went to Australia, declared the millennium was cov- coming, um, and promptly died. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, the millennium's coming. And Australia then takes another prophet. All, all his followers were like, no, 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 no. It's cool. He's just pulling a Jesus. Um, but he wasn't pulling a Jesus. Um, Only Jesus can do that. And he died. <laughs> so really died. And so the cult lost a lot of people to that whole yeah. thing. The Horites were... Now, basically, without a leader. Hmm. The sixth prophet comes along, James White, um, and wrote a book called The Flying Roller to Convert Outsiders. Kind of want to read that. Yeah. Uh, That book really didn't work. The Flying Rollers, as they were now called, were waiting for the seventh messenger, Messiah, bringer of the millennium. Now, Hmm. here we are. We're waiting for our seventh messenger. Yes. I'm, I'm... I am waiting with bated breath. And in our... My nipples are hard with anticipation. And in America, in a small, poor town in Kentucky in 1861, Ben Purnell was born. Cue lightning and thunder. Um, Basically, what the book, the slanderous book that I was reading, said he was basically not a fan of working. (laughs) So he kind of just, like, wanted to just hang out and, like have sex with the ladies and like not do anything i i yeah i mean (laughs) minus the whole culty intention i can get behind that sentiment yeah so at um 16 he decided to marry um and basically mooched off his wife's family for like good two years um this whole time he wasn't really faithful to his wife 
<laughs> Why does that not surprise me um, one bit? Yeah. And so at 18, uh, he had a son with his wife, Angelina Brown. And his wife's family was like, dude, get a job. You have a son now. Yeah. And uh, good old Ben Purnell pulled the, I'm going to go out and get a pack of cigarettes. And he never came back. <laughs> <laughs> she literally didn't see him for another like 48 years. Jesus. He, he, he went hardcore on the disappearing act he on that one. Bailed. At that point, that's, that's just like the worst yo-yo ever. Yeah. So two months later, because he bounces back quick, um, he meets this girl named Mary, who everybody in the book, she was described as plain. <laughs> and I guess Ben Purnell was like a looker. So she was like, hey, this guy's paying attention to me. I mean, he had to Hells, be able yeah. to charm his way into this somehow. Yeah. Right? And I mean, he charmed his way into being the leader of a cult. So he was pretty charismatic. Yeah. Um, so he starts dating Mary and basically they were living in sin at Mary's parents' house for like a year. Just like banging and like Mary's parents loved him because he grew up in a very religious household. So he memorized huge chunks of the Bible and he could recite hymns and like do sermons and stuff like that. Wow. So they kind of liked him for that. But finally the neighbors started talking and were like, Mary's dad. You should really do something about this because it is. <laughs> it's getting, yeah. It's getting a bit much. It's way out of line. Um, so they finally married. <laughs> uh, so Ben and Mary got married. Um, and Ben decided, hey, I want to explore the world. So give me some money, in-laws, <laughs> and I'm going to go. I guess Mary can come if she wants. <laughs> so Mary's just falling behind him. They're basically living like beggars. Um, and at one point he decides, you know what? F this noise. I'm tired of getting table scraps. I'm tired of sleeping outside. I have this white collar here. I stole oh, this Gideon Bible. <laughs> I yep. stole this hymnal. I'm going to pretend to be a door to door preacher. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And Mary was just like, okay, I, I get, I guess <laughs> if that's what you want to do. <laughs> so he spent his time seducing lonely housewives. <laughs> Scoundrel. In Ohio and Kentucky. What a scoundrel. And like, it's great. The book was like, you know, describing all of this. And they're like, what finally got to him was one night he went down to, he met this like lonely housewife and her son was there and he was seducing the housewife and the son was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> son comes back in the middle of the night when Ben snuck down into the lonely housewife's bedroom and. <laughs> The son brought a mob and uh, oh. chased him out of the house. Fuck yeah. With Mary. That kid just got a hell of a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then while they were running, again, this is all what the book said. While they were running, Mary's like, Ben, we can't do this. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Ruins his life, basically, <laughs> in his mind. Um, so he decides, fine, fine. I guess we'll settle down. So they decided to settle down, and he becomes a broom maker. A broom? Broom, broom yeah. Like sweepy, sweepy. Sweep, 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 sweep. Okay. All right. Okay, so. I mean, I bought a broom years ago. I haven't bought a new one since. Because he did a good job making fucking brooms. I, that or he must have done a terrible yeah. job for people to keep needing to buy them that much. All right. So around 1880s, this is when he finally starts reading about the flying rollers. He reads the flying rollers book and he thought it would be a great, he would make a great seventh prophet. He was like, you know what? I could do this. <laughs> he was like, I, this is me right here. But there was a problem. Somebody has already decided that they were a seventh prophet. No. Yes. So he, at one point, quit his broom making and was just talking about the flying rollers and was getting ready to declare himself the seventh prophet. But somebody beat him to it. <laughs> and he was... I like to picture it. It was like the 1860s version of Comic-Con. Yeah. And like he has a panel and he's like... And then across the hall, someone else has a panel and, <laughs> and then just like beats him by like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> So he was beaten to the punch by Michael Ray Rayford Mills, uh, or as they called him, Prince Michael. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a very culty title. So 
Prince Michael. Ben Prince was, Michael. of course, hella pissed. But you know what? He still wanted in on that. Okay. So Prince Michael was basically located in Detroit. So he moved his whole family to Detroit. Okay. In Detroit, Mike Mills was just basically taking everyone's money, (laughs) (laughs) giving them a small stipend to live on, and making them live in, like, hovels around his house. (laughs) Like, in, like, tenements near his home where he lived in Detroit. Interesting. Um, There was, of course, like, a hierarchy within the cult. He had the pillars of Israel. And so when Ben showed up, he was able to charm his way into being one of the pillars of Israel. Um, okay. Which was probably a mistake for Mike Mills. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> my uh, my readings in history tell me absolutely. Uh-huh. But so. <laughs> I'm curious to know how. Ah! My microphone! <laughs> Technical difficulty. Yeah, I better pause. The mic stand just fell off the thing. The couch. Okay, pause. And we're back. That was funny to watch. Technical difficulties. I think we're okay now. Anyway, you think Ben would be the downfall of... Was that Rock Lobster? Yeah, I think it was. Rock Lobster. Rock Lobster. I danced that in a fifth grade play. Okay. You were in a cult. Yeah, probably. So anyway, we were thinking that Ben was going to be the official downfall of Mike, Prince Mike. However, the real official downfall of Prince Mike... Was Bernice Bickle. <laughs> God, that name even sounds like an omen of doom. Yeah. So. B- wait, Bernice Bickle? Bernice Bickle. But we can't make too much fun of her because stuff's going to happen. Okay. All right. I'm waiting. So, as you know, uh, John War, W R O E, Roe. Whore. Whore. John Whore made this precedent in the Israelites where he got to bang. The virginity out of younger women. Mm-hmm. Prince Mike decided to keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix uh-huh. it. <laughs> so, um, Prince Mike saw Bernice. Her parents were followers of his cult. And he was like, hey, bring her over here. I like this. Let's do this. She's going to be one of my ladies. <laughs> So she w- became one of his ladies. He basically raped her. Um, and I mean, that sounds like what that all is. Yeah. And so we'll set that over in this corner. In the other corner, we have Ben talking to everybody. Um, so Ben was basically convincing. I'm going to need you to go back and say that like a boxing announcer. <laughs> in this in corner. This corner. Uh, so Ben was over in the other corner. Convincing <laughs> the worst boxing announcer ever. <laughs> convincing Mike Mills's wife because he was married. Mike Mills had a wife. <laughs> Prince Mike had a wife. God damn. Yeah, he was in the corner, convincing the wife, being like, "You know what? Prince Mike loves the other ladies more than you. He's really taking advantage of all the women. Like, there's no women in the pillars of Israel. You should really right? do something about it." So eventually, he gets wears away at her enough that. He gets her to file a complaint of levacious cohabitation against Prince Mike and his number one hoe, Eliza. <laughs> uh, and fi- then she filed for divorce. Um, but she did eventually, Miss Mills, Prince's wife, uh, eventually dropped the charges of levacious cohabitation. But the damage was already done. Um, yeah. Because while the cops were able to bust up the levacious cohabitation, they found out that he was basically raping 15-year-olds. Yeah. So, typically not yeah. f- looked down upon well. So once the charges for levacious cohabitation were dismissed, they were like, oh, we have these statutory rape charges. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Plot twist, motherfucker. Can't do what you've been doing. So in March 12th, 1895... Uh, believe it or not, this is going to be a shocker because the justice system back in the day was horrible. No. Prince Mike was convicted. <gasps> I mean, of course, they he was like playing out the trial in this book. Of course, they did drag Bernice's name through the mud and basically claim she was not a chaste 15-year-old. Um, That's fucked up. It's really fucked <laughs> wow. up. Like damn like it was intense but she's like no 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 i was chased so he got five years of hard labor 
Um, and then I, I hope he built like a temple or something. Yeah. Like a Jewish temple. <laughs> so like three years after. So he was convicted in ni- 1892. And in 1895, that's when Ben decides to make his move. So they're in the morning meeting and he goes into a trance, wakes up from the trance and says, guess what? I'm really prophet number seven. <laughs> what the sly uh-huh. motherfucker. Yeah. However, number one ho Eliza was having none of it. Woo. Yeah. Number ho number one ho Eliza was like, you're a fucking liar. Get the fuck out. Take your family and your kid with you. Leave. This is thrilling. It's like the plot of Empire. Yeah. And so they left. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he did his whole like. So they left and he decides, you know what? I'm going to take the last bit of money I've kind of extorted from the cult and I'm going to buy myself a pure white suit. <laughs> oh, nothing screams classy like, oh, no, dust. Get away from me. Because he decided he was going to go about and still live up to his prophet and go teach and become a prophet in other people's eyes. Fuck the Detroit colony commune thing. Yeah. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Soon, I mean, <laughs> you hear the word Detroit. I yeah, would be yeah, like, I'm going I somewhere else. Somewhere else. Um, so he basically found his way to Fastoria, Ohio, where there was a large Israelite community. And the Fastoria people, Israelites, accepted him as their savior. And they built him a church. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This was in 1895. That was kind of a plot twist. I didn't see yeah. that coming up. Yeah, so they, they decided he was, you know what? He was the seventh yeah. person because he was a very well-spoken man. I was I was hoping it was yeah. going to be going downhill. There's a, there's a couple more twists. So, <gasps> Ooh. Twist. So in 1903, he decided this was the day he was going to break it to the congregation that he's allowed to sleep with the virgins. So he w- <laughs> he was still... What a, wow. Yeah, so he waited. Wow. I mean, he waited a good, like, eight years before he he said, some of the girls in the congregation caught his eye, and he thought, it's time, bro. It's time. I got to get in on this. Wow. So, but, a twist. I'm judging you even more now since you said you wanted to start a cult. (laughs) Not this kind of cult, but you're ready for the twist? Yeah. Okay, so I told you he had a, a daughter with his wife. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's actually not that much of a twist. So while he's getting ready for the cere- like the his preaching ceremony, there's like a huge fireworks explosion at the fireworks factory. <laughs> that he can see from the church. God, Again, what? this is this is all in this book, so I don't know how much of it's real, but I really hope it all is. I, can't I would watch wait this movie. For the fucking film adaptation. <laughs> HBO, get on it. <laughs> so he sees this firework, like this explosion, and he's like, "Man, I wonder if I could work this into my sermon somehow." And then he's like, "You know what? Now nah, I'll just stick with the I want to sleep with your eighteen, your fifteen-year-old girls in my sermon thing." So he's like, "Okay." So he gives his sermon. Herman's coming to an end. There's a knock on the church door. They're like, he answers in front of his congregation. It's cops. <gasps> They're like, sir, I'm sorry, but your daughter's died. You have to come claim the body. She died in the fireworks explosion at the fireworks factory. No <laughs> fucking way. Because <Yeah. laughs> she was sent to work there when they moved to Fastoria. This is the greatest story ever. <laughs> and so, but... It was always believed that in the cult, if you followed the prophet, you would be immortal. Okay. So he's in this position where peop- where the cops are telling him his daughter is dead. He has to claim the body, but his daughter can't be dead because she's immortal because she, like, believes in him. Right. So he says, I have no daughter. He denounces his daughter three times in front of the cops and basically says, I told you three times I have no daughter. She has gone against me and that is why she died. A fucker and closes the door on the cops. Damn. Epic. Right? Yeah. I want, not only do I want HBO to get on this, I want Daniel Day Lewis to play (laughs) this guy. But, so the cops are like, what the fuck just 
happened here? <laughs> His daughter, she was 16 and she exploded in the fireworks factory explosion. Right? right? The whole town that weren't Israelites were pissed. They raised all this money to actually bury her and have, give her a proper funeral. Good for them. Yeah, because they were like, are you fucking really? Like, he's yeah. not going to bury his own daughter? Yeah. And so one night they decided to get a mob together and be like, let's get this fucker because this yeah. is bullshit. Hell yeah. And so they basically do that. Um, the sheriff is able to save them, but the sheriff goes, listen, bro, <laughs> next time, I don't think I can stop them because... <laughs> Fucking, I want to be out there with them. <laughs> so you yeah. got to get your ass out of here. Yeah. So he's basically kicked out of Astoria like he was kicked out of Detroit. But this time he had like money. Like all the people gave him money. And actually there were some Israelites in Benton Harbor, Michigan that wrote to him and said, hey, bro, you should come up here and like establish a colony up here because we believe in you. How far is that from Detroit? It's actually pretty close. Not doing it. Yeah. Well, the thing was, um, uh, um, Prince Mike actually got out of prison and went off to Australia um, with Eliza after they they got out of. So a lot of the really? a huh. lot of the Detroit colony like dispersed after that. So Ben, now known as King Ben, because he's the seventh prophet. <laughs> <laughs> So now King Ben goes to Benton Harbor, Michigan, and in less than two years, he establishes a commune of 500 people. Before you can enter the commune, and this was true of, of Prince Mike's commune as well, you would have to confess your sins. You would have to write them down on paper, and King Ben kept the papers. Blackmail. Yeah, and sometimes he would tell people their sins weren't enough, so they would confess to crimes oh, that they fuck. never committed. And they would have to do written confessions every month. Damn. Just to please him. Jesus Christ. And, you know, King I shouldn't, Ben. I shouldn't blaspheme in this context. <laughs> and, you know, King Ben, the cool guy that he was, outlawed sex and kissing, even for married couples. <laughs> <laughs> because he wanted to be the only one banging. Only me. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> I get laid. No one else gets laid. In uh -huh. this is the the little weird fun part of this cult, I suppose. In nineteen oh eight, such a thing. In nineteen oh eight, to bring goodwill towards the colony from Benton Harbor, King Ben decided to open up an amusement park. <laughs> Praise land. <laughs> yeah, basically, but it was a very popular park. Um, and they also were allowed they. For a while there, they weren't allowed to do anything, like, fun. So they weren't allowed to play baseball. And then he decided, you know what? You guys are allowed to play baseball now. Yeah. And they became, like, the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. They would just, like, <laughs> defeat everybody with, like, trick shots. And so people would come all around to go to the little amusement park with, like, a roller coaster and a train ride. And then they would also go to see the the king the holy rollers the flying rollers play baseball and there's like a museum dedicated to their baseball team they were so good but also in wow. this book the author claims that king ben would just uh hire professional baseball players and give them wigs but i don't know <laughs> if that's true or not oh this is the best story ever <laughs> right? and so i'm this, so happy this amusement park was Actually, pretty hopping because at one point, the largest admissions in one season was 200,000 people went to this amusement park. Jesus. In 1908, yeah. Michigan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, the wow. call at this point was expanded to 920 people. And they would all work in the amusement park or they would work. There were like uh, there was like a candy factory on site. There was like a bunch of factories that they could work on as well. Um, he made them chop lumber for the commune. All of these things. So he was like rolling in it wow um and so <laughs> oh there's more so all during this time he had his inner circle which was just all the young girls of yep. the cult commune yeah 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 and um <laughs> once you said the phrase inner circle i was like i don't need to guess who made this circle up. At, at one point his inner circle was almost was over 60 young girls 
Jesus. That's unnatural, man. Yeah, right? And so the fun creeper. The other weird thing about this cult is they were actively preaching and like trying to convert people. So he would send the young women out because they were something that could catch the eye and he couldn't afford to lose the labor back at home. Wow. Yeah. So Wow. So they had booths at the St. Louis World's Fair and the Chicago World's Fair <laughs> for their cult. Wow. But guess what? It all came crashing down. Say it ain't so. Yeah, say it ain't so. Oh, but it is. Um. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, I don't, I, it's like, I feel sorry for all the people involved and it's awful, like objectively, but I do not want this story to be over. Yes. <laughs> There's so much great, like it's, the that book was so entertaining for me. Okay, so. I don't have the year written down, but basically uh, his two of his right hand people brought him down. Esther Johnson was his girl Friday and she had legitimately all the dirt. So there kept, yeah. there was like a continuous cycle of somebody making alle- allegations of rape or incest or unethical conduct against King Ben. Okay. So before the cops would come he would quickly marry off all the girls in his inner circle to random ass members of the cult. <sighs> and he would even get discounts from the justice of the peace for because mass was... marriage. Oh discount. my God. <laughs> the so ones... the, the, no, marriage shouldn't be a Costco <laughs> the thing. The ones who were too young to be married off, his girl Friday, Esther Johnson would whisk them away to Canada and other resort areas and register them in, different names and hide them so he would never get caught for any of these allegations what a scumbucket and he would always go run off to canada when the cops were about to raid the place because he knew when they would raid so esther was in on all of it she knew all the dirt she helped get marriage license she was even married off in a quickie wedding she started (laughs) like seeing him when she was 15 and so she was one of the smart she's really smart in his inner circle um, so when two sisters eventually accused him of rape, Esther knew it all because, and the other thing was Esther fell out of, um, like favor with him. Yeah. So they kicked her out. Oh. And so they kicked Esther out. And so when the two sisters came forward with these rape accusations, Esther was like, I got some shit. <laughs> <laughs> So Esther went forward and was like ready to spill the tea. Um, And this all went down in like 1926. Wow. Um, Wow. There was his other um, right hand girl and she was called. Oh, I forget what it was. It was like Salvation Nellie, but her real name was Ruth. And she was basically his biggest uh, evangelical preacher would go out and like convert people okay okay and so she was like huge to him but eventually her mom died her mom was on the commune as well her mom died of pneumonia and she's like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) and she basically got kicked out of the commune as well because she finally realized that like king ben is full of shit Her, her mom didn't have everlasting life her dad actually once her mom died, her dad came because her dad never lived at the commune. Her dad lived away and was like, this is bullshit. Me and my sane daughter are going to be over here. When he found out his wife was dying, he came back and he was like, fuck this shit. I'm getting my other two kids and going. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone blame her? Uh-huh. Him. And, him sorry. and so he got one of his daughters wow. out and then Ruth Good. and then this fucking name. His other daughter. So there was Ruth. <laughs> Oh, you'll you'll get it. There's Ruth, who was in the inner circle, and then Cletus, who was his daughter. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. Cletus was his daughter? Uh-huh. I kept on reading that. I'm like, that cannot, that has to be a typo. No. Why the fuck is Cletus? So Cletus, his daughter, was also in the inner circle and younger than Ruth. At the time, Ruth was like 20 and Cletus was like 15. So Cletus got Cletus I, you, got married you, off. You keep saying Cletus and I'm picturing... Yeah. You know who I'm picturing. Yeah. From The Simpsons. Slack John Yogle. I'm picturing. (laughs) Yeah. Who, by the way, looks like he would be in a cult. Yeah. So they get like 
sent away. And then eventually Ruth realizes this jig is fucking up. Yeah. I'm taking my sister Cletus and we're getting the fuck out of here. And Ruth, the badass that she is, do you know where she goes? She goes to the police and she's like, this is bullshit. And you know what they say? Yeah, it's King Ben. We can't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he has an amusement park. You don't we, want the roller coaster. We down? raid him out of out of like courtesy to the other citizens. Yeah, like, and she's like, "Fine, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." She goes to Washington. Fuck you. Yeah. She goes straight to Woodrow Wilson. Nice. And he does nothing. God damn it. Because <laughs> you know, this was uh, in 1916 is when Ruth stuff was happening. Because he was Woodrow. He Wilson. was Woodrow Wilson, yeah. and we were in a fucking world war. Yeah. Um, during the World War One, uh, Prince Ben didn't want his men to go off and fight because he needed, you know, the labor at home. Yeah. But he sent them anyway so he could get the checks. So fuck. <laughs> what a dick. Right. What a dick. So the Israelites, this was also called the House of David, too. Um, that's what Ben called it when he he wrote a couple tomes about the House of David. But so King Ben was finally brought up on rape charges. Finally. Finally. Um, but there's a but. Oh, God damn it. So this all happened in like 1920 ish, like 1925 is when this happened. Well, 1924, I would say is when this happened. So the two sisters accuse him of rape. So they decide to raid the compound. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They didn't find him. <laughs> no fucking coward. Oh, this story is, I'm so invested. They, they didn't find him. And you know what happened? One of the other girls in his inner circle who basically went away from the inner circle was like, yeah, I know you guys keep raiding the place, but he's Toach just living in secret rooms there. I swear. I've seen him like I saw him like Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and so she sends this letter to the newspaper. I, I forget her name. I think it was Esther or something. She sends this letter to the newspaper and the newspaper's like, really? And so the cops verify it. They're done verifying it at like midnight. And they're like, fuck let's go yeah yeah <laughs> let's go right now he's probably asleep yeah let's yeah. get out there and they found him in a secret room he was hiding on the compound for like three years jesus and everybody was just keeping it hush hush because he's their prophet and savior, right. king ben yeah so finally he was brought to trial in 1926 so they decided to go against the cult first and not king ben personally so they decided to try the cult the house of david as uh public morals charges because you know they were fucking 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's appropriate. And they were actually, <laughs> the chart. The judge, um, after 51 days, the trial lasted, and um, the judge went against the house and said, you have to def disassemble your cult. You guys are horrible. You're raping 15-year-olds. Good on that judge. Uh-huh. Here's where it's not that great. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> So at this point, when they found King David in 1926, he was pretty old and he, he was basically dying of tuberculosis. Um, he had a nursemaid <laughs> in the book. I don't even have this in my notes. This is how memorable this book is. In the book, <laughs> they say they discovered him in bed with his nurse and two teenage girls. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Like, dude, like, calm down like you don't need to he's, yeah, he's, like, he's laying there no if i got perks i'm using the perks uh -huh. like, what oh, the man. fuck and so um he was supposed to be brought up on the charges of rape but since he was basically dying uh the court let him return home on december 16th Son of a bitch <laughs> december 16th 1927 he died okay um but of course because he's king ben and immortal yeah um his followers claimed that he would rise again from the grave um, however, in the state of Michigan, you have to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know. You have this. to embalm a body within 72 hours, embalm or cremate within 72 hours, at least at the time that he died. Yeah. So they had to get a special court order to make sure that they couldn't, that they wouldn't embalm him and that they could keep him unembalmed for 96 hours, which is when they thought he would rise again. Four days. Yes. And on the fourth day. Oh, fuck. He was still he was still dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of them are still around to this day, but they don't really believe in like all this King Ben shit. Do they still rape fifteen year olds? I don't think they do. They it. better fucking not. And like this book was 
all of this was insane. Like the quickie marriages to cover up his raping of 15 year olds. Yeah. Cause his theory was like, all right, they weren't raped if it was by their husbands. So, <laughs> oh. um, it's just, and you think he would have seen like the betrayal coming. Like he saw yeah. how he yeah. took down Prince Mike. You think he would have been like, you know what? I'm going to like, and there's this other story. This <laughs> starting, starting a cult is based on charisma, not intelligence. Yeah. There's this other, I'm going to just one more King Ben story. Cause this is a good one. <laughs> Actually, it's okay. horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> I read it and I was like, what the fuck just happened? So he found these two girls and he's like, "I these girls, I think they were like 15, 13, 15, 14, that age. And he was like, <laughs> going to tap that, going to want that. It's on right here. And so he went to them and he tried to get like tried to seduce them because for the most part, he was never like super rapey with them, but still pretty rapey with them. I, I like, mean, we'll go with light consent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not commenting. It's all gross. Yeah, it's super. Well, because he would convince them that he was pure. And in order to make them pure, he would have to sleep with them. So, Dude. yeah. So these girls, so gross. these two girls were having none of it. So one day he's like, okay, let's take the harem and let's go on a picnic on this island. So wait, he took like 60 people on a picnic? Yeah, well, it was the harem wasn't as full then. So he oh. took them on, <laughs> on a picnic and then he takes the girls aside and he's like, look, girls, I really want you to be cleansed, but you're not letting me cleanse you with my penis. <laughs> so I'm going to leave you here on this island. It's winter soon. It's going to be cold. And I'm going to let you think about this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then maybe you let me cleanse you and we'll be good. So he leaves the fucking island. Holy. Leaves these two like 15 year olds on this island by themselves. I think there's like a shack on the island because they somehow find some rat poisoning. Rat poison, some arsenic. And they both take the arsenic. Only one dies. The other one didn't take enough to kill herself. Wow. But all to get out of sleeping with King Ben. <laughs> wow. Yeah, King Ben was the worst. And, I can see why you were excited to big, talk about this. Big, long red beard, long flowing red hair. And, but when he was aging, he started going gray, so he would dye his hair. <laughs> Vanity. Yeah. That'll kill you. Or being in King Ben's harem would. And people say that wasn't the only death he caused, that girl on the island, that there were probably more that had yeah, killed themselves. I would assume um, so. But yeah, and it was oh. also rumored that he only had he had his daughter that died in the fireworks explosion, his son that he had with his wife, Mary, and another son that he had with another Forestorium woman in Ohio. But he only had three kids, which seems low because he was banging everybody. Was there any evidence that he would like force abortions on people? I I don't think so. There wasn't. I Maybe he was just like. Maybe he got hit in the junk one too many times or something. I don't know. <laughs> Either way. <sighs> yeah. yeah. But that, I can that, see why you were excited to talk about that. That is the story of the House of David slash the Israelites slash a King Ben. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. Wasn't it fun? <laughs> in a horrible way. In a horrible way, yes. It was a blast. <laughs> like I said, I need HBO to make a movie out of this shit. Yeah. Now. It would be really entertaining because it... It went on for so long and the police did nothing. Like people were like there were more than one person coming and saying like this is going on in this house. Like and even with Prince Mike before Prince Mike got charged with levacious con cohabitation, uh, the cops had to come in and get somebody's daughter with the, the parent. Like you, you didn't think God. something was up, bros, dude. <laughs> All right. So. That's depressing. Yeah. What should we uh, What should we talk about next time and hopefully not depress people? I don't know. I don't even know when we're going to record next because it's holiday season. Yeah. So for anyone listening, we're we're recording this. What day is it? It's early mid-November. Yes. And we have so many holiday plans and people are traveling. I'm just I well my sister's born right before Thanksgiving, so I have to go down two weekends in a row. We could always record like on a Sunday. 
Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to do. I might just come back early for Thanksgiving, like come back on a Saturday instead of like stay the whole weekend. Okay. But we'll see because my family loves me, so they want me to stay with them. All right. Let's see. Unlike your family. Ouch. <laughs> um. Wow. I'm having I'm having uh I'm having trouble looking at some uh Dude, Ooh. after reading that book on King Ben, my eyes were shot. I don't blame you. Let's do stupid ebook. We'll do <laughs> we'll do either uh worst Hollywood scandal. Okay. Or Historical Hollywood scandal, too. We're t- looking at you, Weinstein. <laughs> no, no, just on a historic scale doesn't mean happened in history. <laughs> I mean, no, because I don't want to do wine. Well, that's a depressing topic. Uh, yep. Um, oh, uh, well, let's do either. I mixed up my page. The worst historical Hollywood scandal or ancient sports that should still be a sport. Okay. Uh, go ahead and uh, make your choice, fool. Oh, I have to make the choice now? Yeah. That's how we normally do these things. Uh, oh, man. We should have done something with food because Thanksgiving. Um, I am going to go with... Uh, Hollywood scandal. Worst Hollywood scandal. Best worst Hollywood scandal. Best worst. Yeah. Yes. Like King Ben was the best worst cult leader. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then, in that case, uh, until next time, try not to be King Ben. Yeah. If you rape fifteen-year-olds, I hope somebody goes Punisher on your ass. Yeah, I hope you get raped in jail a whole lot. Like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like you probably will because there is prison justice. Like what you think is a lot mm. multiplied by like a thousand. Like you know how you rape fifteen-year-olds a lot. Now think about that times a thousand, and that's what would happen to you. <laughs> probably edit a lot. There's a lot of a lot of rape talk at the end here. Yeah. <laughs> should I should edit that out? <laughs> probably. Anyway, best worst Hollywood scandals. Next time on Lax Historical Context. Uh, for now. Because we still don't have a a sign-off.